Masters of Awkward Silence. Well, 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 well. Welcome, my friends, to this fine radio program called Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It is Smoking and Toasting number 67, and we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Road trip coming in January, and I'm hoping uh, that we can put together our road trip in January so that we can broadcast live I'm from all over that. B&B Fort Worth. That sounds Worth. so fun. So, really stoked about it. So uh, welcome to you guys, and welcome to my good friend and partner, Mr. Ian Barry. What's happening? How are you? Man, I feel like I miss you. I haven't seen you since, oh wait, Vegas. Oh wait, Vegas, yeah. Well, we were just probably too inebriated. I would tell you guys about thing. Vegas, but what happens in Vegas? Well, no, yeah. actually we brought some video back with us. We actually did. And we're very excited. This is going to be, I think, one of the most exciting shows that we've ever done because we have, I think, one of the biggest personalities in the cigar field uh, in the world. And he's on the show today. We recorded the interview in Vegas, and we'll be sharing it with you. Uh, at the uh, We were at the Big Smoke and got to sit down and talk cigars and tobacco with Rocky Pichon. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Big Smoke is the biggest uh, cigar convention there is. Yes. yes it's it's, uh, it's put one. on by uh, Cigar Aficionado magazine. And they, they do, do it every several year. Big Smokes, but right, the right. Vegas one, which is, is the one we went to, the big, it, it's big the big one. one. Yeah, right, it's, right. it's the mama. And uh, and what a good time that was. Uh, and And... I explained to a few friends of mine when I got back, they were like, how was Vegas? I was like, we got an interview with Rocky Patel. And they're like, who's Rocky Patel? Yeah, you, like, well, you tell they're me, not cigar people. Right? Let me yeah. put it this way. In the world of cigars, that's kind of like getting an Eddie Van Halen interview. Yeah, that's a really good way you to know? say it. Yeah, It's really yeah. kind of like that. So I'm yeah. pretty excited about that. It's like, kind of like we're with Guitar Player Magazine and got the Eddie Van Halen That's interview. right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and, and Rocky is, and it, it's interesting because... Let me explain the way the Big Smoke kind of works. You basically, it's a very expensive ticket. First of all, it's not cheap. You nope, got to get to Vegas, and then you got to pay the you know for your rooms and 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 all that stuff. But to get into the event itself, uh, you can buy either tickets for one night or two. We only uh, we're in for one, but uh, you walk into this room. They hand you a cigar aficionado bag and a booklet of coupons. And the room is like a convention center room with all these booths mm-hmm. set up. And you go from booth to booth, tear a coupon out of your booklet at each one, hand it to, let's say, you know, the, um, you know, aging room, aging room uh, cigar company, and they give you an aging room uh, uh, cigar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or maybe two, some, some of them won, uh, most of them won, some of them gave you two. Uh, and then there's also various whiskeys and other um, you know spirits around, and there you don't even have to give them a coupon. They just come let you sample. But everybody's got a booth, and they've got all the sort of luminaries yes. of the cigar field there. That yes. said, Rocky Patel was the rock star of yes. that room. Yes, and so that's why we were excited to get him on. Plus, I've actually met Rocky before. Not that he would remember me because it was a long time ago, but I'll, t- I'll tell that story again. I've told it before on the show, but I'll tell it again in a little bit after we uh, do the Rocky interview. I was, I maintained my composure well enough not to recite it when we had him on for the interview. So uh, I, I, I almost did that. Remember that time that like like I met you and it was it was it, that was we, cool. We had cigars. That's cool. That was cool. <laughs> But you know, you know, you there was do? also so. like you. So you end up going down these rows of booths, right? And it's all yes. these different companies, but strategically placed within these rows of 
of cigar booths were liquor booths. Yes. It was a beautiful thing. Oh, and, and and there's lots no, of whiskeys we hadn't tried before. Right. Rums. There was no there was no like uh you don't have to pay your tip. It's just there. You just right. here. Thank you. Well, oh, would you, you like paid. to try this? Yes. Trust me, you've paid. Well, you don't pay <laughs> you don't pay at the time, you pay before. Right. But I okay, so I, I did a little bit of math. Food as well. yes. I did a little bit of math. Uh right. my and even after I smoked a few cigars, I came home with forty three cigars. Okay. All right, do the math. From the various booths. From all the various booths. I came home with a humidor bag. By the way, Bovita was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Bovita makes uh, those humidor packets. The uh, the uh, uh, the moisture packets, right? That, that go in your humidor, and right? To humidify it to mm -hmm. the proper moisture and everything like that. Well, their uh, their giveaway was a giant humidor bag with the packet in there, so you could bring all your swag home. You just put all your cigars, and you in don't that have bag. to worry about you got the humidification your in there, or anything you're like that. Good to go. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, anyway, I counted my cigars. Forty three cigars. Okay. If you assume ten dollars per cigar, yeah. Do the math. That's a lot of money worth of cigars. Well, you're right, and and that doesn't even include the fact that you know you were fed. Yes, and there were there plenty was food, of food. There was all that. So if you take out the price of the cigars versus the price of the ticket, it might have been almost reasonable. But it sure was a good time. <laughs> it sure was a good time. And you know, I, I've been to a number of of different events. I will say, as as an investment in cigars, the Wingding is a better bang for your buck. Because the Wingding tickets are a lot cheaper. Talking about the Stogies, Wingding, right, right. And Houston. The Wingdings tickets are a lot cheaper, but you get a, just as big a bag of cigars uh, nice. to take home with you. They don't do the coupon at the booth thing. There are booths there, and you can walk around and chat with the different right. cigar people. And so, but you get your bag of cigars right at the beginning. Well, That's the other so amazing cool. thing to, uh, there too is they didn't have most places didn't have like you go to a lot of these beer uh, conventions and all these other things. Most places have just some random catering company people mm -hmm. up there going mm -hmm. here's here's some of this. Here's some of this. They didn't have it that way. These were the actual employees, the actual blenders, the actual owners of the company. The various whiskeys and rums and whatever. Yeah, yeah. and cigars. And cigars. Yes, yeah, yes. I mean, you got to talk to the actual people. I, I remember mean, it was amazing. We would, we would go up to the booths, and uh, I would be, of course, trading my ticket for cigar. Yeah, I got to take care of business here. And Ian would say to the person, "So, are you affiliated with?" Yes. The, and. Uh, you know, nineteen times out of twenty, the yeah. answer was ninety yes. percent of the time. And, was, then, and yes. then you would you would meet this person. Oftentimes, I mean, we met guys that were the roles. We we have lined up a number of great guests for the yes. future on the show. So we did a lot of networking for future mm -hmm. shows. We're going to have a lot of great cigar uh, guests. On. And we also had fun just being in Vegas, just being in a, a different environment. We are going to play a segment back for you that we recorded in the Mirage in the uh, in the Center Bar. Yes, and uh, in our commando segment. Yes, is what uh, like you call it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, in that segment, we uh, will taste a local Las. Vegas whiskey yes. that we've never seen outside of Vegas and before. And it was good. And it was delicious. And we'll also taste a beer that our friends at the Wasatch Brewery, which is in Park City, Utah, mm -hmm. make exclusively for the Mirage. Uh, that was pretty cool, We too. first tried this beer. The first day we got there, we were starving, so we went to this little burger place that was inside mm -hmm. the Mirage. I think LTD Burger or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And uh, and that beer was on the menu, and we tried it, and was like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. So so we noticed on the menu that they said they did it especially for the Mirage, and apparently it was available in all the bars, or at least most of the bars mm -hmm. uh, and uh, restaurants that were in the Mirage. So we sampled that, and it's, a, it's actually a brown ale. 
ale, but it's called Amber's Ale. I, I went on the um, the Wasatch website, and apparently Amber is one of the brewmasters ah, at Wasatch. There you go. So there's Amber's. That explains it. So it's like Amber's Brown Ale. So it's not an Amber yeah. Ale. It's actually Amber's Ale. Amber's Ale, exactly. Yeah. So that was confusing because when it came out, it was this more, you know, it looked like a, a, a Newcastle uh, Brown or something. Uh, yes. Not, uh, New, am I saying? Is, it was, saying yeah, it right? yeah. It was, it was it was almost yeah. a reddish brown. Yeah, right, right. and uh, but as it turns out, I was expecting an amber ale. But as it turned out, it was just delicious. Yes. And so we'll talk about that. And, and also, by sampled it over the weekend, we really actually tried to put a dent in their supply. Yes, we did. <laughs> I was like, uh, I can't get this when I go home. I'll have another. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, I also we also will taste a couple of beers on the show. Um, in the upcoming segments, uh, the Brooklyn Defender IPA from Brooklyn Brewing Company, Brooklyn, New York. Um, it is a beer they released specifically for the New York Comic Con. So immediately the geek in me was like, buying it. Uh, and so we'll see how that tastes. Uh, and also, uh, one that I have no idea uh, what it's going to be like or about. But Lagunitas has uh, released, they, they have a series that I just found out about. I hadn't heard of this. It's the 2017 One Hitter series. I and don't know that one. this is an Eroica, E R O I C A, not erotica, but Eroica. <laughs> right. and, uh, and I have no idea. It doesn't say if it's an ale or a lager or whatever. So I have no idea what we're getting into with this uh, Lagunitas, but this should be fun. I'll have to look up that style in between segments. All right, fair enough. We'll, we'll do that. And we'll uh, also. Um, some interesting things going on in the world out there. Better Drinking Culture, which is a uh, uh, an organization, uh, wants to change the drink responsibly tagline that you hear on all the commercials where it says, you know, and Isaac Bush Houston, Texas, drink responsibly. Uh, they want to change that. They think they have a better idea. I want to hear about that. So we'll that. share that uh, with you. Plus Avery, Avery Brewing, wonderful craft brewery for years. Not a craft brewery anymore. Oh, did they break the line? They've sold thirty percent of minority ownership uh, to a uh, to another company for a cash infusion, and that means they are no lo- they can no longer be considered uh, a craft beer under the current guidelines. So we'll gotcha. tell you, yeah, we'll tell you about that. Plus five brewers that you might not know, but will soon, and uh, just so much interesting stuff to talk about with Vegas and how we how we managed to some <laughs> Vegas stories somehow survive. Oh, uh, the uh, the trip down to uh, Fremont Street, where I yeah. got the largest Sam Adams I think I've ever had. <laughs> oh, my God. It was well, amazing. Well, when a guy asks you, do you want this size or do you want this size? Your <laughs> well, eyes just kind of go big. They gloss I'll, over. I'll, and you, I'll take that uh, large. Yeah, that I'll one. I'll take that large. Yeah. But then, like, you're drinking it for the rest of the night. It's like a, it's like a scooter. I, I drink Sam three Adams. of them. Well, okay. <laughs> I just want to say, it was, though. It was, was that a, kind of a uh, There a was a large part of a trip. Of course, we didn't have to drive or anything like that. We Ubered everywhere. So there was a large part of that Vegas trip where I was walking at about a 45-degree tilt. <laughs> I have some pictures. I'm not sure whether it was forward or sideways. Yeah, I have some but pictures was... of you like that. It was so good. <laughs> um, we did, we did a, a whole a lot of interesting things. We went and had a drink at the... Um, the Arturo Fuente, yes. uh, the Casa Fuente bar, which is in the uh, shops at Caesar's Palace, mm-hmm. which that place is awesome. It is. Tiny place. Tiny but, place, but, but really awesome. cool. And Rockin' had great music playing. They just said, uh, and it was, you, so you got to understand, every 
it, it felt like every cigar smoker in the world descended upon Vegas, and they were oh, yeah. all there at the same time. You'd walk into the Mirage Casino, and I mean, everybody at every table, every machine, everywhere was all smoking a great cigar. So it was a wonderful cigar aroma. If you're a cigar fan, it was a wonderful cigar aroma the whole time we were there. All right, coming up next. Our first segment from Vegas, recorded in the Mirage, where we do some interesting tasting. And then coming up uh, just a little bit later, interview with Rocky Patel. It's Smoking and Tasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's Cruz and Ian. And we are now going to bring you a segment which we did live in Las Vegas uh, from the center bar in the Mirage. And uh, it was early enough in the day. We still had our wits about us for the most part. Mostly. Yeah. And uh, we sampled some great stuff and talk about what a great time we're having and really try to get into some of the flavor and color of the New Orleans cigar and whiskey and beer scene. So here we go, live from Vegas on Smoking and Toasting, brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And welcome to Smoking and Toasting. Yes, sir. We're live in Vegas. Ian just said, welcome to Smoking and Toasting. Because you said it that way, I don't know if they heard you. So, Oh, welcome uh, to Smoking and Toasting. The mic's over here. We have uh, a little commando set up for our uh, microphone and video. Right but now. we love it. And Ian lighting his cigar. Uh, and, and what are you smoking there, my friend? This is a cigar that I got yesterday at the event. This is a Nat, I, I believe this is going to be pronounced Seco, C-I-C-C-O. Nat Seco, yeah. That label up there. There you go, Vegas. yes. So... We are live in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. We're at the Big Smoke. Uh, yesterday was day one of the Big Smoke for you and I, and it was your first experience going to one of these, uh, walking around to the tables, and you handing them a little tiny slip of paper, and they hand you cigars. What did you think of this arrangement? I like this. I think every place <laughs> should do this, where I just give you a slip of paper with a name on it, cigar comes back. Yes. Oh, wait. They do that with money, too. Yeah, well, it's, it's more of a green slip <laughs> of paper. It's a green slip of paper. No, you're right. So... Uh, so yeah, we've had we've had just an incredible time. We're lining up interviews with some really great cigar uh, industry people, and uh, we've had, of course, plenty of time to eat, drink, and smoke cigars. And so we thought we'd do a little of the drinking and smoking cigars here, and tell you about what we're drinking and uh, what we're smoking. So I have lit up one of these new aging room. It is called the F five five M from Aging Room, and I'll show that to the. Uh, that's a great-looking cigar. That I got to tell you, it's delicious. I'm only, as you can see, about a quarter of an inch in yeah, there. Yeah. This thing is fantastic. I find it amusing that you picked the box press. Also, I picked the box press. Well, just because they feel great. What's interesting is having been there yesterday, done the exchange, now I have this wonderful bag of cigars in my hotel it's room. It's ridiculous. I think I counted it up. There was 43 cigars. Oh, my God. See? There you go. And the genius of the Bovita people. The Bovita people were there, right? And the Bovita people had a giant bag, a humidor bag, with their Bovita elements. Now, these are the little elements that you just buy. They're, they're And you use them in your humidor, yeah. You use them in your humidor. They, they, you can touch them. They can put them right next to cigars. It doesn't make any difference. And they keep it regulated, exact humidity, and they're fantastic. Well, they're handing out a bag big enough to hold all the cigar swag. And so, and it's now, got the Bovita element in it. So, it's, yeah. so now it's in a humidor bag, and I don't have to worry about it being in Vegas, especially since it's so dry here. My lips chapped, I think, about three minutes after I got off the plane. <laughs> it's actually cool for Las Vegas. Not normally uh, a word you would associate with this particular city. 
but it's actually a bit cool for Vegas right it's, now. It's so. a little chilly. It was beautiful today, though. It was uh, mid-60s walking around, bright sunshine, uh, and we went up and down the strip a bit, had a great time. We're in the uh, center bar at the Mirage, which is the casino and hotel in Vegas where the whole Big Smoke event is being held. Uh, and I don't know if you've gotten that little uh, earworm for the Titanic song, but there's a <laughs> Titanic slot machine right behind me. And when you hit a certain, uh, you know, a certain sequence on it, it starts playing the little flute solo yeah, from Titanic. The, the Titanic theme. Mm. It's pretty awesome. So, Ian, we chanced to pot this beer yesterday when we were having a burger at lunch. And uh, first of all, it's outstanding. I thought we'd talk about it because it's from Wasatch, which is, those guys are from Utah. Yes. And uh, they apparently do this brew specifically for the Mirage. For the Mirage, right. It's like a, uh, uh, it's called Amber's Ale, but it's a, it's not actually an Amber Ale, it's a it's, Red Ale. It's Amber's Ale, not Amber an being amber a person, ale. yes. yes. Uh, so uh, tell me a little bit about, about what you're tasting in well, Amber's Red here. So the, it's definitely, like you're looking at, it's definitely a Red Ale and not an Amber Ale. Um, and it is delicious. It is smooth. It is creamy. It's the malt factor right up front on this. Yes. And just a great balance and a hop finish, which is exactly what you expect from Wasatch any given time. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, I enjoyed mine yesterday enough to have two. Well, I will tell you this. That I find one thing very disappointing about this particular Wasatch Ale, and that's that I know I will not be able to buy it at home. That is a little... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would buy this. This would be a regular Absolutely. drinker for me. This would be a, in is, my regular rotation, yes. This is... Uh, uh, it's got a hop profile towards the end of the flavor that's almost like a... Uh, it's almost like a... Um, like a uh, like not quite an IPA, but almost. Yes. Well, I, you know, I don't have any red ales in my regular rotation. I do enjoy them. Right. Uh, every now and then I'll have one if I'm out at a bar or something, but uh, I don't have any that I buy regularly. If I could get this at home, this would be in yeah. my regular rotation. It'd be, it'd be like you said, it's rotation. got a great malt profile, little hoppiness, little little tiny bit of hop bitterness on the back end, but not enough that it's interfering with the uh, aging room uh, cigar that I'm smoking. In fact, anything it's enhancing it very very nicely yeah they, they're going pretty well together pretty excited about this so, this has been a fantastic trip so oh far. it really has now it's not cheap i will tell you to come to the big smoke it's 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 not cheap but it's the type of thing that if you're a cigar aficionado uh no pun intended for the magazine if and you're somebody to them by the way oh, for putting on such a great event but if this is the type of thing you're into this might be worth saving up for like i, re I really believe that it's did it's you, that good of an event. Did you catch how many years in a row have they done the Big Smoke now? Well, I went to my it's first Big Smoke actually in New York City. Yeah, in New York City. And that now. had to have been 12 or 15 years ago, maybe. I don't know if they even do the New York one anymore, anymore because of the smoking laws there. I know they regularly do Miami and Vegas. And Vegas is the big one. And there's all kinds of things. In fact, there's even, there was even a Drew Estate luncheon, cigar luncheon today, that we opted out of because the lines the were too line. long. Oh my so gosh. long. Yes. It Crazy. was unbelievable. I mean, this hallway's got to be, you know, 25 feet wide, and it's packed from end to end for, I don't know, 40, 50 yards at least, just crowded with people ready going into this luncheon. And I decided I was too hungry to wait for that. So, mm. so we missed that one. But but we also stayed in the... Uh, uh, Stayed in a casino and uh, lost some money and had some cigars. Yes, and you know what? When you're 
enjoying a cigar while you lose money, it makes it much more bearable. Well, it's one of the one of the nice things too is if you're sitting there and you're having a cigar, eventually someone's going to come up and say, "What would you like to drink?" Right. And you order it. And you just. It's one of my favorite questions. And it's complimentary. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's one of my favorite questions. Right. Well, let me just say, if you are in Las Vegas, go to the Mirage at least to sit at the bar and order one of Amber's ales. Uh, it's Amber's ale. It's a red. And it is delicious. I recommend it highly, and I think that you should. Uh, it's worth making a trip to this specific location to try. Yeah, I think it's that good. Try it, because it's a very good beer. All right, so before we end the segment, in let's talk a little bit about. I know you're relighting. Hopefully, no relight penalty. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this whiskey. We were up at the bar earlier. We were there with your wife and uh, discussing whiskeys, and we discovered this one is a Las Vegas local. Uh, a whiskey distillery, well, and uh, I gotta tell you, my wife is an adventurous with whiskey. Yes, and she likes to try. Like if she's never seen it before, she hasn't seen the bottle. She is going to try it. She's gonna um, at some point in time go. That looks interesting. Let me try that. Now, most of the time, it's a reasonable price, but every once in a while, she picks something. It's just like, how much? For okay, one what, drink? honey? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's well, okay. It's, what it's about adventurous. Well, we'll post the photo of the bottle uh, so that if you're ever in this area, uh, you can find it. But it is, I'm trying to read the distilling company. It's Nevada HHC, I believe, distilling company. And it's Smoke Wagon, small batch, straight bourbon whiskey, Las Vegas. That's what it says on, small on the label. Straight. And we'll post this uh, photo. Uh, because, and again, we... One of the things we really wanted to do while we were here is make sure we try the local brews, yes. the local uh, whiskeys, and whatever we can do that are things that we might not have access to back home, which is Houston for us. So, Ian, you're the first to do the research. What do you think, my friend? I think it's aptly named. It's interesting. Um, the whiskey flavor right up front, the maltiness, and then it leads into this this really nice smoky finish, but not smoky like scotch. Right. Now it's a different kind of smoky. It's not peaty. Because it's, it's still not, got it's that sort of bourbon, almost mm-hmm. rye uh, uh, taste on the finish. Yeah, it's it's almost like a, a little bit of a, not quite campfire smoky, but not exactly barbecue smoky either. Right, exactly. So somewhere in between. Yeah, but, nice, it, but nice it... Nice blue smoke. It does have, on the beginning though, some really nice, very straightforward whiskey flavors. Uh, just little bit of that vanilla uh, in the beginning and then the fruity flavors the fruity, the flavors, fruity flavors right, are right and, and then you're right the smokehouse part of it comes on the finish and and it yeah, does it a little tanginess like it's really what nice. I like about it though is it kind of exists along with the fruity flavors rather than kind of sweeping them out you know right and goes well with the cigar mm-hmm. like they don't even cancel each other out it's like this seems to be like fitting directly around this, like they're made for each other. I find that generally the uh, fruitier tasting whiskeys work best with cigars yeah. for me. Yeah. And this is really nice because you're able to get some of the flavor of the smokiness without it sort of negating the the pairing of the fruitiness right. of the cigar. Right, and the cigar's you know? not mowing over the whiskey either. We actually right. tried this when my wife got a... Uh, glass of it earlier and tried it without having a cigar on the palate. It's very much the same way, so the cigar is enhancing things, but it's not changing the flavor so dramatically right. that uh, that it interferes with it. It's quite enjoyable. So we'll uh, be trying to do some more of these cut-ins from Las Vegas as we enjoy ourselves, and that's really what the Big Smoke is about. 
more than anything, you looked around an enormous convention center room and saw a lot of happy guys in there uh, enjoying their smokes and whiskeys. There was plenty of whiskey on hand. Uh, so, it, was, it was a beautiful night. Let's talk about this. You walk in, you get a coupon book, and then you go up to the different booths and you hand them a coupon uh, for their specific booth and they give you a cigar. And then we sat and chatted with everyone we could. Most of these guys were actually representing uh, the company and or the owners or the uh, uh, blenders of the company standing there talking to us. This is a big event. Like They brought out the big guns for everybody. We got to yes. We spoke briefly with Rocky Patel and Nish Patel. We spoke with just tons of people. The guys from Patron. Yeah, uh, the guys uh, from Patron. Uh, like, I've, I've got a stack of cards that we need to go through and catch up with, so we're looking forward to maybe getting some future shows out of this. So, uh, Well, I did want to mention one last thing before we end the segment, and that is that because you know the title of the show is Smoking and Toasting, we should also mention that when you're in Las Vegas, the uh, dispensaries are completely legal for recreational purposes. <laughs> so if that's the kind of smoking you enjoy, there's another reason Vegas might be a, uh, a good spot for you. And we, have, uh, we certainly have some that are in our group that have uh, hit the dispensary. So have enjoyed themselves. Uh, I'll tell you, this has been uh, an experience that, while expensive, I feel like is actually worth the money. And, uh, and so I recommend it highly. We'll be bringing you a lot of different interviews and some more, um, we hope, awesome on-the-spot reporting uh, live from Las Vegas. This is Smoking and Toast and Ian with some smokeouts. I say to you, my friend, cheers. Cheers to you, my friend. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. It's nice to have you on board with us as we do the program that's all about craft beer fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, Rocket Patel interview coming up on this show. We're very excited about that. And uh, we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, I enjoyed that segment very much, doing the segment that we did in uh, in Las Vegas. And it made me think, we just have to go do segments like all over the so, country. So uh, I call that the commando segment because we didn't want to be so obvious that we were filming in the... In the um, in the bar at the casino because I think they got, we didn't ask them about it and I think they might get weird oh. about it, but um, <laughs> I thought you called it the commando segment because I was not wearing underwear. Well, I, fortunately, we, I don't think the camera shot was that no, no, well. it wasn't like on camera that way. But still, <laughs> uh, I co- totally, totally misunderstood why <laughs> oh. you told me we were doing a commando segment, so I prepared accordingly. <laughs> so you came dressed accordingly. I came dressed accordingly, and I didn't realize that you had other thoughts as to what that meant. Noted. Um, uh, no, so, okay, so we kind of snuck in. It was yeah, yeah, it we kind of snuck in. So the, the yeah. lighting's not that good. So if you watch the video on that, the lighting's not that good. But we are truly and honestly having a good time, and oh, I think you can really see that. Were. And yeah, one of the cool things that happened is right after that segment, you guys all went off and did your own thing, mm-hmm. and I sat there with my wife and smoked my cigar. I just mm-hmm. was enjoying myself, and I sat there, and a gentleman came and sat down next to me, and my wife, being the PR person that she generally is, immediately starts talking to the people next to us. The guy looked a little bit familiar, so I may have actually seen him the evening before, but when I was introduced uh, to him uh, and I started chatting with him, uh, I asked him, I said, are you affiliated with a cigar? Are you just here for the the thing? Are you right, affiliated right. with a cigar company? He said, oh, I am affiliated with a cigar company. And I was like, oh, which one? And he just pulls out of his pocket and hands me a cigar. Ah, nice. I love when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at it and I said, actually... I just smoked one of these earlier today. It was a La Galera cigar. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was the Maduro that I smoked earlier. I said, however, the the band looks a little different. He goes, oh, you must have had the Maduro. And he introduced himself. His name was Jose Blanco. 
Mm-hmm. And he was an incredibly nice guy. We had a conversation for a minute, and I told him about the podcast and everything. I said, you know what? I'm going to review this cigar on the very next episode that we do. So I did smoke that cigar. I saved that one until mm-hmm. yesterday, and I did a, a bit of a review on it. This is the Lagolera Habano El Lector. This is the 6x54 Toro. This was mm-hmm. handed to me by the man himself. The man himself, which yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, Ecuador Habano wrapper, Dominican uh, binder, um, uh, Citarolo, um fillers, medium full strength. Man, what a great construction on this thing. Uh, had a, a, a light, nutty, um, not quite chocolatey color to it. A little bit oily wrapper, leathery kind of feel mm-hmm. to it. It was really nice. Um, pre-light smell was pleasant. Very traditional tobacco, a little bit of earth to it. Um, the pre-light draw pre-light draw, I used the clip on this, uh, was effortless. Creamy leather, earthy, traditional tobacco smells. Uh, the initial light was very spicy sharp, like immediately, bam, like hit mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Sharp, spicy uh, right off the top, and um, and a little bit of leather. The first third of this, the spice turned into kind of a creamy, smooth, leathery with spice. It had really big smoke and a little undertone of a, a kind of nutty kind of flavor, mm-hmm. or, or kind of a nutty nice. flavor. The second third of this was creamy. It had a little more sweetness, a little more of the nutty utter- undertones, but still very spicy. Um, and the uh, the sweet was building. Uh, it had a great burn to it. Like I had no problems with it at this point. The the first third of the cigar held its ash. The entire third of the cigar. Um, I paired it with a Saint Arnold Christmas Ale because I was sitting at a bar and they had that and it was delicious and it worked well. The spice in the Christmas Ale and the spice in the cigar complemented each other. It was really nice. The third uh, section of this was more creamy sweetness. Builds the spice levels. Um, uh, everything built up to this great big complex uh, full flavored cigar at the very end. I enjoyed it. I smoked it down to about nothing. I Sounds think this like it. A, yeah. Yeah, I think this was a. Uh, in the neighborhood of a seven to nine dollar cigar, I give it a six on the price versus quality. It was nice. great. I really enjoyed it. You know what I've realized as you were talking about this cigar, and this is the way we normally talk about cigars. Usually in the first segment, when I'll, I'll ask you or you'll ask me, uh, just smoke anything interesting this week, and then we'll proceed to talk about something because in the studio, obviously, where we uh, record, when we're not on location. Uh, it's in a building where we can't smoke, right, right. so we can't actually do. But what I've noticed is. We go into a great deal more detail when describing a cigar that we smoked previously than we do, like in the segment that we just played, Absolutely where we're true. in the bar and we're uh, able to smoke there because we're in Vegas uh, and we're smoking it. Because I will tell you, that aging room cigar that I had in Vegas, that's one of the best cigars I've had like in the last several months. Well, I mean, it, it was unbelievably good. And I don't know if I got into the nuances of it. I think I've... Yeah, I'm trying to remember the segment now, but I'm thinking I just said things like, wow, this is really good, it's very complex, and it's working well with this Wasatch uh, uh, Amber Zale. Well, so you know? let's break up a couple of things. When we're actually smoking a cigar, we would right. have to keep interrupting our conversations with things about the like, cigar. So I guess I'm getting, that makes sense. Oh, I'm getting a little nuttiness now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so I guess that does make sense. And, and, and that is pretty true. pretentious. You're right. And by if the way- If you were just hanging out with me and I was doing that, you'd be really freaking annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hashtag ooh, annoying. Oh, I'm anyway. getting some creaminess. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag creaminess. Shut up. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, am I right? Yes, I am right. Yeah. So, uh, so um, <laughs> I totally lost my train. Of <laughs> so we're just talking about how oh, yeah. when we when we do oh. the cigar reviews live, we maybe don't go into as much detail so me and you as when we're had, reporting 
Me and, and you actually had a text conversation earlier this week about we that did. quattro because mm-hmm. I smoked mine and was like blown away. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And and we had I was like, man, this thing is great. You're like, yeah, I really enjoyed mine. <laughs> so yeah, I was at the Blue October show when you texted me. You're like, this oh, quattro nice. is amazing. And I was like, I'm sitting there watching the show. I'm like, dude, that's the best cigar I've had <laughs> like in, in a long time. So Adrian Room Quattro, by the way, I, I just can't say enough about yeah, it. Yeah, it was so. great. All right, so uh, so what we'll do, this is my pledge to you, is we will try to do a little more detail when we're doing our live shows with cigars. Often when we're smoking live, we've also got a guest. We're maybe at B&B or we're mm-hmm. at a smoke shop someplace, and so there's so much going on. I think we get caught up in what's going on in the show or talking to the guests and, and don't really describe the cigar maybe in as much detail well, as we Well, we could just make it a quick structure is to save save a minute at the end of each segment and say, okay, here's where we're at with the cigar now. Works for me. You know, that might Works be an easy way to do it. I like it. I like it. Uh, so we are going to do a little tasting here, and it's of uh, a beer. Now, I am an IPA fan, as you know, if you've listened to to the show. And I am also a, uh, a complete and total nerd and comic book geek. So when I found out that Brooklyn Brewery in Brooklyn, New York, uh, which is a good brewery, by the way. They make some great beers. When I found out that they had done an IPA specifically for New York Comic Con this year, I got all excited. And so I had to track one of these down, and I did, and it is the Brooklyn Defender Ale. You can see that it kind of looks like the old school Green Lantern a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, did I just geek out horribly? Uh, but but there we go. It's very comic book looking and very like almost like Golden Age retro comic book looking. You, you have geek uh, skills. I do. I have geek skills. And uh, so anyway, I, I'm anxious to, uh, to see what they came up with. Brooklyn's a good brewery. I don't doubt their prowess. It's uh, actually like just going from the smell. It's actually very interesting because there's a big malt profile in the smell that you don't get with a lot of IPAs. Plus, I'm getting citrus on the nose. Which citrus, you don't yeah, get. definitely on citrus on malt it too. and citrus, definitely. So you got kind of a sweet hoppiness mm-hmm. going on, which is yes. it's not yes. sharp. It's which it's, that those are the kinds of IPAs I have a tendency to like. You think about my favorite, which is the Lone Pint Yellow Rose. Like it's got. Some of that characteristic, maybe not quite as citrusy as this, at least on this the nose. This actually has a lot of almost lemon citrus on the end of it. Oh, it does. Um, it, it's very lemony. Very, very lemony. Uh, mm-hmm. It's interesting because I don't like fruit in beer. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. will pour a beer and then they'll squeeze a lime or a lemon or something. Right. I, don't I don't like that at all. Do that. Yes. Um, to me, that a lot of times kills the beer. This has it built in, and it's kind of good, like kind of refreshing in a way. What's the ABV on that bottle? Uh, it's not that high. Yeah. It's a 5.9. So this is yeah. reasonably sessionable. It's, yes. I, you know, it's quite drinkable. I do like on the very top label here. I don't know if I can show that well enough to one of the cameras or not, but on the very top of the label, it's got like the superhero guy, and it says, defend beer. Defend beer. <laughs> I like it, yes. Uh, this is working for me. I like this beer a lot, um, actually. You know, after a few sips, i got to be honest, I liked my initial uh, first couple sips, but after a few sips, I think it might be a little too lemony for me. Well, again, this is a place where you, yeah, you and we, I kind of tread different paths. We diverge paths. definitely yes, at that point. Uh, for sure, because I love the citrusy type of thing. I'm not a fruit and beer guy, but I like when the beer, when the hops have a citrusy note. Yeah. That makes it more sessionable for me. It also allows me to enjoy the bitter without leaving a really yeah. bitter, hoppy uh, aftertaste on the finish. So uh, so this falls into the profile of beers that I like a great deal, IPAs that I really like. Yeah, and it's the lemony on it isn't just lemony. It's the zest of the lemon. Mm-hmm. It has that mm-hmm. kind of zesty bitterness to it. And again, I think... Like for my personal palate, I think it might be a little much, but um, but I like the beginning of the flavor. The malt profile is real nice at the beginning. Um, so, 
Well, you want to defend beer, no matter what. You defend beer. I like the idea of yeah, the beer. The, the idea of the beer. <laughs> the idea of a beer for Comic Con is pretty cool too. Yeah, I remember when like you actually it's really geeky. You remember when you it's wouldn't really geeky, think but... of like people who would go to Comic Con as being like even old enough to buy beer. <laughs> this is how things have changed, right? When you go to the Comic Con now, I'm telling you, there's hot chicks dressed in costume at Comic Con, like everywhere, everywhere. Like, it's not like it used to be, where, like... Everywhere? Only, it's not yeah. just, like, one or two? No, no. I'm talking everywhere. And it's not like it used to be, like, where only the absolute nerdiest girls would be at something like the comic book convention. Now they're coming out, you know, trying to, you know, look like Wonder Woman and stuff. Like, all dressed... <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, it's an amazing thing. So, I don't know how we got off well, on that, but Comic-Con, I think I'm just enjoying my Defender Comic-Con Ale. Comic-Con here in Houston is held at the biggest convention center. It's oh, just yeah. enormous. The it's George also, R. Brown is it's crazy It's also huge. right down by my house, so it's fun. It's Walking distance to you. I'll go out and walk the dog and get to see uh, lots of anime chicks and and right. uh, and people dressed as robots. The, and, the and George R. Brown you, so. is actually your neighbor. <laughs> it is. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. We will be back with Rocky Patel. Rocky Patel. Rocky Patel. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, the radio program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And um, You're pretty is... good at that. You should get a job in radio. <laughs> yeah. You know, they won't have me uh, in, in broadcast radio <laughs> broadcast anymore. Radio you realize, anymore? yeah, yeah, because I actually have opinions. Oh, yeah. what are you doing with those? Yeah. Well, you're not allowed to do that. That's um, a, you're supposed to have opinions. They're written down on a paper for you. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, so... This is a very exciting segment uh, because uh, we're going to be introducing a gentleman we had a chance to sit down with and talk tobacco and cigars and his rise to fame in the cigar business. And he's uh, not only a super friendly and awesomely nice guy, uh, but he, you know, rolls a hell of a cigar. Yes. 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 So uh, super please, nice guy. Please enjoy from our time in Las Vegas uh, this smoking and toasting interview with Mr. Rocky Patel. It's smoking and toast, and we're live at the Big Smoke in Las Vegas, where we've been coming to you all weekend, and we are thrilled to be sitting with, as far as I'm concerned, one of the most influential names in the cigar business. There is Mr. Rocky Patel. Rocky, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Great to be on your show. Thanks for having me. It is a real pleasure to have you on, and it's been a pleasure to be smoking your cigars for as long as we have. Take me back to when you first decided, because I know you were doing Indian Tobacco, when you first decided you were going to release a cigar under the name Rocky Patel, were you worried at all with it not being a, uh, you know, a name that sounded like it was Hispanic or from South America? That uh, These days you wouldn't think twice about it, but back then. Absolutely. In fact, my brother and my cousin thought I was crazy. So, you know, what happened is after we launched our initial Indian Tobacco brands in 1996, and uh, at that time we were letting other people make our cigars and uh, unfortunately, I'd come up with great blends, but then when I got the product from other people that were making it, they would be inconsistent. They would cheat on the curing, on the fermentation, might change a binder, wrapper, etc. So we decided to take control of our own destiny, and we finally had our own production. So 
all the strict quality control standards that I saw that were possible to implement in our own factory, we, we did. Uh, we looked and I visited every factory in Honduras, Nicaragua, Dominican. I took all the good characteristics and traits they had and I tried to get rid of the bad ones. And finally, when I felt like I have the strictest quality control standards, that's when I was proud to put my name on it. And ironically, you know, my brother and cousin says, who the hell's Rocky Patel? Nobody cares about it. You know, you're not Cuban, you're not this, you're not that. And uh, it was difficult at the beginning because, you know, everybody told me this is a business that's usually passed on from generation to generation. Uh, you are you have to be a Cuban descent, Latin descent. You know, you can't just be some guy uh, that walks into the cigar industry. And I said, well, guess what? My antlers went up. And when somebody tells me I can't do something, I told them, I'm going to show you. So, you know, I worked diligently, very hard, a lot of sacrifice, sacrificing family, friend, relationships. But I was very passionate and determined, and, and um, I'm glad we did it. Now, you mentioned quality control, and that being the reason you really wanted to kind of take things under your own uh, under your own name. These days, as popular as your line of cigars has become, you're producing a lot more cigars than you were back in those days. How do you keep quality control at a consistent level when you're doing as many cigars as you do? Well, you know, that's something I'm, I'm very focused on. I always tell people, people don't remember the... 100 good cigars they smoke, they remember the one bad one. So we really pay attention to that. And, you know, regardless of the volume, we make sure that we spend a lot of time in the curing and the sorting and the fermentation. Many times we stop rolling a particular blend like Edge or Decade for three months, six months, because one leaf in the entire blend needs more time. So I'm big about spending the two to four years on fermenting the tobacco. I'm very, very big on aging the tobacco. We never use tobaccos that are at least four or five years old. So we're very determined. It's hard when you make about 20 million cigars like we do, but I promise you not one cigar is getting rolled unless we have the same standards as the first hundred cigars we rolled. That is awesome. Pastor, you, you know, I got to say uh, I'm, I'm being a little fanboy here because uh, Rocky Patel cigars are some of the earliest cigars that I smoked when I started smoking cigars. I didn't start until I was uh, later in my 30s, actually, and um, and I remember all the uh, all those awesome blends: the the 92, the uh, the, the, vintage the, series, the vintage series, the decade, the 15, uh, the 55. Yeah, I mean, all those. So, good. what's coming up in the future? What do you have coming up new? Well, we're excited to re-release the Old World Reserve. There's been a lot of demand for it. There's been a lot of demand for it. So we're excited to release that at the trade show at IPCPR in Vegas next year. And then we're working on a secret project that I can't tell you about, but it might be the greatest launch that we've ever, ever made in our history. So we're going to see if this deal goes through. And if it does, it's going to be something quite popular and big that the entire world will recognize the name. Well, that would that would be a big deal because so many of your launches, every time you've done, you know, the decade or the the fifty five, which I just have to stop and say, by the way, fifty five. Everybody has their favorites. Fifty five is on my short desert island cigar list. Uh, do you have a favorite in your line? Well, you know, fifty five happens to be one of my favorites. So I usually like the richer, fuller cigars. Mm-hmm. So I would say that the decade. The new special edition, the 2006 vintage, and the 55 are now the top four ones uh, in my repertoire that I keep, you know, changing around yeah. and smoking. So those four are my new favorites. 
That's awesome. Now, I know you spend a great deal of time, as do Nish and Nimish as well, on the road, visiting with people at events like this or in cigar shops or doing... How do you even? How much time do you have to blend cigars uh, when you were as ruthlessly uh, promoting them as you do? Well, you know, I, I used to spend a lot of time on the road. I don't spend that much time on the road anymore because I'm very, very busy in Washington D.C. Uh, fighting all the FDA regulation, lobbying the lawsuit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, you know, I make sure that I'm involved in every single blend that we make. I don't think there's a cigar that we've ever launched that I've not worked on the blend. And, and, you know, the process takes two years. I mean, by the time you start and you're looking for the flavor profiles and then you change one priming, you change the binder, you change a little bit of, a, you know, uh, the fillers. And then you have to wait four months before the cigar ages because when you smoke it, it tastes one way. After it ages, four months, tastes totally different. It tastes different in Honduras and Nicaragua, you know, because you're in the mountain climate over there versus when you bring it back to Florida. So you really have to spend almost a year to two years reworking it, smoking it, trying it. So it's, it's a process and work. I mean, we're already working on blends right now for two years from now. Wow. Where do you think, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'll just, he's got he's to take the call real quick. So let me just remind you that we're on Smoking and Toasting, and we're with Rocky Patel. We're live at the Big Smoke. And uh, this, is, <laughs> this is how stuff goes when you're doing these things live. Um, I, was, I, I wanted to ask Rocky, too, about the, uh, about the time that he's, you're spending in Washington, I know, which has become a bigger and bigger part of what you do. Is that what was behind your, uh, your great Socialism Stinks, Cigars Don't campaign? Absolutely. You know, I mean, we want to show the government that, you know, this is a lifestyle luxury product, something that we're very proud and passionate of. It's a product enjoyed much like a single malt scotch, a great bottle of wine. And we really are adults that want our personal freedoms, rights and privileges. And I think we're smart enough that we don't need the government to tell us what to do. And so uh, I came up with this logo, Socialism Stinks, Cigars Don't, and it's absolutely meant for Obama and Hillary. So, you know, we wanted to let them know that, uh, you know, we're taking a poke at you in a fun way. Um, uh, My last question, I'm sure Ian's got another one, but my last question for you, where do you think the best cigar tobacco in the world is coming from right now? Well, you know, I absolutely think Nicaragua right now is producing some of the finest tobaccos in the world. Ironically, we have our own farms in Esteli and Condega. Uh, I think that tobacco is unparalleled in flavor and character and taste, richness. So, um, you know, I, I just think that's special. Listen, tobacco from Hamastran Valley in Honduras is very, very good. Also, it's got that sweetness that you don't find. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost as sweet as some of the tobacco you find from the old Cuban valleys. So, um, yeah, I think Central America is real special. That's awesome. Ian, anything else you want to add? No, you guys covered it all. Uh, Rocky, we want to thank you so much. We appreciate everything you do for the cigar industry. We also just appreciate your blends and your passion for uh, cigars and, and tobacco. Thanks for spending some time with us. My pleasure. Thanks for smoking and toasting, and i uh, love to be on your show, and good luck to you guys, and hope to catch up again. Can't wait to uh, find out whatever this new project is all about. All right, I'll let you know when it comes out. It's Rocky Patel, and we're smoking and toasting. Rocky, thank you so much. You're a gentleman. So welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Avenue in uh, Houston, and in the shops at Clearworth. 
in uh, Fort Worth. I'm sorry, the shops at Clear Fork in Clear Fork. Fort Worth. And the Fort Worth just opened up. Ian and I have not been there yet, but we are planning a road trip. We're getting ready to do it, and it's going to be very exciting. So, uh, how cool is Rocky Patel? Man, I mean, seriously, that guy was super cool. Uh, seriously, now I, I felt like I will. I do want to apologize. I felt like I was hogging the interview. Well, you did, but there was a good reason. Like we had the one mic, and the way we had it set up, we had it set up so quick. And I, I only interrupted the one time you were asking all the great questions. You're good at this. I figured I'd let you to it. <laughs> well, I wasn't trying. So I, I was able to keep from telling Rocky the story of when I first met him. Dude, you may not remember this, but I met you one time. It was really cool. That was uh, cool. <laughs> uh, no, but I did meet him at a cigar dinner in uh, New Hampshire. Two Guys Smoke Shop in New Hampshire, just over the state line from Massachusetts. Used to go up there occasionally when I lived in Boston. They were doing a cigar dinner, and I wound up. And this is before... Rocky Patel had ever put his name on cigars. He was running the Indian Tobacco Cigar Company, which we mentioned in the interview. Right. Uh, so he, I sat down at the table because there were like assigned seating at the cigar dinner, and I don't remember how much it cost, but you got dinner and uh, some wine and and uh, beers, and then uh, you got several cigars. And uh, so I'm sitting there excited about getting my cigars or whatever. And this guy sits next to me. I'm like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. He's like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, what do you do? He's like, he said, oh, I'm Rocky Patel. I go, oh, you're the guy from Indian Tobacco because I'd read about him, right? I was like, that's awesome. I love your cigars. And he goes, well, do you like those? Just wait. I'm about to release cigars under my own name. And in my brain, I thought, your name is Patel. That's not a cigar name. Like, that, that was what I thought at the time. But I didn't say that. I said, Oh, that's that's awesome. And he reached in his jacket pocket and handed me the first Rocky Patel vintage. It was a vintage 1990 that I had ever seen. And those are so good. And I proceeded to clip it and smoke it at the table, and it blew my mind. Yes, I loved it. Those I, are so, good. so that's my first memory of meeting Rocky now, Patel. Now, you also said that there was an incident like that that you saw him do at the Center Bar. Yes. In Vegas. Okay, so... Where- Go ahead. Yes. So the day we, uh, the day after the events, the day we were flying home, I was sitting actually in the center bar watching the football game, mm-hmm. and Rocky and Nish and uh, 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 Nimish were all actually sitting in a booth behind us, and I did not go over and bother him because I didn't want to be that guy, you know. Uh, plus, I'm still a little fanboyish. I, I admit it. Like I, you I want recognize... to go over and be like, "Hey, Rocky, remember when we yeah. talked yesterday? <laughs> yeah, that was cool. That was really cool." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but interestingly enough, there were two guys who came up and just sat at the bar, and they were sitting next to each other, and they were pulling out cigars and looking at them. Obviously, they'd either come for the big smoke or or, or something. So they were pulling out cigars, looking at them, talking to each other about cigars, and I saw Rocky get up from his seat, go over and introduce himself to the guys. And I saw them go, oh, and then I saw him reach in his uh, jacket pocket and pull out Cigars. He's a little bit like guys. a superhero. He like is. That. He like, is like the ambassador superhero <laughs> dude man <laughs> yeah, I mean, of, that guy of is, the cigar industry. Like, to get it across, but think that about guy it. Really that, is that nice? But think about it. If that was your job, like, yeah. wouldn't that be just freaking awesome? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. would be awesome. And he does it well. And he's uh, as we talked about in the interview. He spends a lot of time uh, lobbying for cigars. Yes, too. and and he's a perfect guy to do that. Yeah. Because he's, you know, he's very personable, yeah. and uh, he, when he speaks, it makes sense. And it, he's like, you know, he's not like us. I'd be out there going, "You gotta let us have our cigars because uh, I want to smoke. We really like them." <laughs> and remember that time, cigars good. <laughs> yeah, cigars good. So speaking uh, of cigars, good beer, good beer is good too. And we have one that's very interesting here to taste. This is the Lagunitas 
Eroica. And by the way, I was able to look a little closer, and the Eroica is an ale. You just took a whiff of the top of the bottle. What do you think? It smells good. Yeah, what kind of a what kind of a beer smell? This is a farmhouse ale, actually. Oh, a farmhouse. This I is, haven't had a. I don't do a lot of farmhouse ales, so I right off of the website. This is a, a Lagunitasified version of Lagunitasified. I like that version of a traditional Flemish farmhouse ale aged in red wine oak barrels yeah. and funked up with Brettanomyces yeast. Well, I can that tell, means it's going to be sour. Yeah. I can tell the red wine uh, right off the top on the nose. I just right. poured it's this a, and, and took the first whiff. So It's a golden saison sour with a nice tartness that leaves your buds quenched and wanting more. Now this and is, then it says Prost. This is really interesting, and Prost to you, too. And I, I will tell you right off the bat, I am not always the biggest fan of farmhouse ales, but I've already taken my first sip, and I love this. I like farmhouse ales. When they don't taste... Like some of them have that kind of rot flavor that's yes, kind of good, but that, not really. Some but of, that's but too what much I of that strug- I don't That's like. what I struggle with, and overripeness is yeah, what I've told it actually is. That's it's a perfect way to say it. Instead of rot. So what I'm yeah. getting here on the Eroica, though, and it's almost a shame that this is a one hitter series because oh, I like it that's a lot. Good. The tartness of the sour completely keeps that rot. But I, well, I can't believe we're saying rot. Right, right, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Overripeness. Okay, yeah. so there's a lot of banana in this, but there's also a lot of bread, and then there's that tartness, and it, so it's like almost this like tart cherry tartness. Yeah, cherry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's. It's like this is a lot of good things. This is happening. a delicious beer, yes. and what's funny very is very complex. You think with that tartness that the that the aftertaste would linger, but it doesn't. It's actually pretty quick overall on the tongue. No, you're absolutely right. In fact, it it reminds me, even though the flavor is different. The drinking experience reminds me a lot of my very favorite sour or tart beer, which is the Raspberry AF from uh, St. Arnold. also has that nice, delicious, yeah. quick finish. And it yeah. goes away quick, but it leaves that just that wonderful little tang yeah. in your and, mouth. And, yeah. But the difference between that, uh, that being a Berliner Weiss and this being the farmhouse, is you get that more banana profile in this, banana breadiness. Now, see, if this was this. the first farmhouse I tried... I wouldn't have the sort of mental block be like, I have I love against those. farmhouse. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I'd be like, well, I mm, think love me style, some farmhouse. I think the style gets abused a little bit, though, because, like I said, that overripeness, some people just push so much of that flavor in there, and um, and it, it just kind of kills the, the, the fun in a farmhouse ale. Do you think, let me ask you this question since we have a moment here. <clears throat> Do you think that Hold some- on, let me get my serious face on. <laughs> Give me a second. It's coming. Okay. Wait for it. Good. Got it. Wait, not serious enough. Are you ready? Okay, yep. Oh, now you're totally serious. See I hope I you were watching this on Facebook Live or on uh, or on YouTube, because there's no way I could describe this and do it justice. Oh, my God. Where did you get those? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> we're making faces here. You actually have to watch the video to yeah, see that. I'm not even going to try to describe <laughs> go, it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Back so, what you were doing. Ian, do you think that uh, we were talking about farmhouse sales and how some of them just really are kind of tough to navigate, right? Yeah. Uh, do you think that there is such a thing as a sort of an elitist uh, attitude among some brewmasters where they're like, I'm going to make a beer that most people are not going to like, but only people that maybe fall into this certain segment of eliteness will. Do you think that any of that I think exists that's, today? I think that's the model that Dogfish had built their company on, and it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, but, th- but see, they make awesome beers, though, so well, it's hard to, like... I mean, I just had... So I, think- I was at Liberty Kitchen uh, last weekend and had the Dogfish Head 90 
This great. IPA. It's a brilliant IPA. And was just marveling yeah, at how good that IPA it, it is. It might be, in my mind, that's one of the best IPAs there is. It's really and But um, the 60's good, too. The 60's good, but the 90 really hits the spot. The 120 is ridiculously good as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so good. But it's like Harder also to find, 18 yeah. to yeah. 21%, depending <laughs> on when they make it. We had that on a show. Yes, it was good. Um, uh, but, I mean, like, Dogfish Head, I think, is one of those no-compromise companies. They, they make beer that they think is interesting and hope. Or maybe they don't. Maybe they just put it out there and go, maybe someone likes it. I don't know. Um, but, but you're right. So They've... I think there's a little bit of a – you could call it elitist or you could say, hey, we're just – we're doing this craft for us. And hopefully other people will appreciate that artistry. Yeah. Which I think But you don't think it's sometimes. a – I want to piss off most of the drinkers I think to that just sometimes the there can be in any artist's uh, – in any artist's nature, there can be – uh, a backlash of I don't want to hold the customer's hand. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I want them to either like it or get it or don't. You know, like you remember the classic rock, classic hits band Chicago. Yeah. So they did this one tour right at the height of their popularity, where they played none of their hits, like the whole tour. They played all so, the Chicago played all the like, yeah stuff. played all the like Love deep cuts stuff. and stuff. Love yeah, that stuff. which if you were like a super South hardcore California fan, you, you might have been into it. But if you were the average concert goer, you're like, what is this? What happened to make me smile? Where's color my world? Like right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like and and it was just nothing. And uh, I saw Harry Connick Jr. He had released an album. Of very Zydeco influenced stuff that was actually a really well done, very brilliant album. But the whole amphitheater full of people where I saw him were waiting to hear, it had to be you. Right, you know? right. And you I, say I tomato, thought, I say tomato. If he had just mixed a couple of those in, they would have loved his Zydeco stuff, but people walked out. The last like, time I saw Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden played nothing but their newest, newest stuff. Oh, see, that's a mistake. And see, to me, I, ha- I love that though. Yeah. I-, I have the albums. I've heard all that. I have the live albums. I've heard all of that. Okay, you can laugh at me if you want, but I went to see once in a casino in Mississippi, the Little River Band. Awesome. And uh, they came out and they played, you know, the hits that you would expect. And about midway through the set, the lead singer says, uh, <clears throat> we, the band has an announcement to make. Tonight, we will not be playing any new songs, and they started like I don't know, reminiscing one of their biggest hits, right? And he goes, "We don't know any new songs," and the audience went, "Yay!" <laughs> it was a brilliant moment. Well, uh, I get, I understand going and seeing one of your favorite bands and wanting to hear some of the old stuff, but at the same time, I love to hear a band evolve. Like, I agree, I like a mix. I want to hear the new stuff that I haven't heard before. Clutch does that a yes. lot of times; they'll play nothing but the Clutch newest is a stuff. Great live band. I got though. tickets to the next Clutch oh, show, which dude, is coming we up in just be a couple weeks. About that. By the way, we're almost out of show i want to thank uh rocky patel and i also want to thank austin moore of rocky patel's who helped uh, that all up yeah yes and nish patel who yeah. also was very instrumental in helping the whole thing happen you guys are our big fans and supporters of the show and we appreciate you very much we will be back we have so much to do we have a christmas ale show Coming up, we're going to be live at B&B again in just like minutes, practically. Uh, There's so much going on, and I'm so excited about it. And 2018 is going to be the biggest year yet for the Smoking and Toasting show. Thank you guys for taking the journey with us. Uh, Show number 67 has been fun. And can I see those glasses just one more time? One more time? Okay, for the Facebook Live, folks. Are you ready for this? Yeah, here we go. Here it goes. There it is. And cheers. Cheers. I can't take you seriously. <laughs> this is a radio clash on pirates alive. Orbiting your living.